Super Talk Mississippi media production. Join us now on the podcast, Jordan Hill. He covers Georgia for Dogs 24-7. That obviously is the Georgia 24-7 site. This feels like the kind of interview I would normally do with Michael Casagrande from AL.com where I just sit here and gush about how good the team Mississippi State's going to play is. But this Georgia team, they're just really good. They have dudes at almost every position, and they look just as spectacular at times as they did a season ago. How much have they exceeded your expectations in this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it's been tremendous. And the biggest thing to me, it's it's sort of funny, especially when you look at the defense. You know, this is a defense that lost eight starters from last year. You know, on a defense that a lot of people consider one of the best in modern college football. And my expectation coming into this year was growing pains early. You know, I thought like game one, they're playing Oregon and Atlanta. I still expected Georgia to win, but figured, you know, we'd see some breakdowns. We would see a situation where Oregon would keep it close. Well, then they win the game by 46, and you're sort of sitting there going, oh, okay, you know, this this sort of growing pains isn't going to be quite like we expected. And, you know, there were a few lulls, but even in those games like Missouri, I mean, the defense still played well. It was sort of the offense having issues getting in its own way. Yeah, I mean, they, they've exceeded my expectations as a team in that, there have been a few hiccups along the way, but on the whole, Georgia's taking care of business. Before the season, I said Georgia would go 12-0 and in the regular season. That mm-hmm. was mainly a product of their schedule. I thought mm-hmm. that their schedule was pretty favorable. And at the time, you know, I expected Tennessee to be better, but I did not expect them to be the number one team when we got into the very first college football playoff ranking. Um, but I thought that this was a team that would probably go into feed the regular season and then lose to Alabama in the SEC title game. You know, I think it's safe at this point to say that this Georgia team is probably better than that Alabama team. And, um, you know, credit to Kirby Smart and and the staff, how they have continued to uh, stockpile talent because you've seen, you know, typically under Kirby Smart, they have been among the top four teams year after year as far as recruiting rankings. And you're seeing that come to fruition with just how seamless this transition has been from a championship team to one that could wind up being a championship team as well. And when I look at this team, I mean, Stetson Bennett is a guy who has a lot of name recognition. But when you're the returning quarterback from the national champions, you're you're going to have that. I wouldn't necessarily say that Bennett is a guy that you just lock in as a first-round NFL draft pick. Offensively, there doesn't seem to be a superstar. There's just guys, guys that are good. They're talented. They're, they're, they're making big plays. Who are the stars for this team on offense? I think you start at tight end. I mean, you start with Brock. Oh, that's the guy. I should have mentioned him. Yeah, I I messed that one up. Yeah. Oh, it's it's totally fair because, and I mean, the point that I would make too is he's really not alone. I mean, Darnell Washington has made a ton of plays. And if you want a sense for just how deep Georgia's tight ends are, the guy that's forgotten about is a six foot seven former five star, Darnell Washington. But he's really come on. I think he's been one of the breakthrough guys for Georgia this year. And the fact that, He's been banged up the last few years, and him being hurt last year was kind of what helped Brock Bowers, you know, get an opportunity, and he took advantage of it. Obviously, credit to Brock for doing that. Uh, But the tight ends, and other than that, Brian, I mean, I think you make a good point. It's a lot of guys that um, just kind of step up and make plays. I mean, Lab McConkey wound up leading the team in receiving uh, or in receptions against Tennessee, uh, had a big 37-yard touchdown in that one. And they've been playing without A.D. Mitchell, who I think, Had A.D. been healthy, he's been dealing with an ankle injury since week two. Um, Had he been healthy, he would probably be maybe more in that conversation of, you know, a star receiver or a star offensive playmaker, and Georgia just hasn't had him. He's the guy 
for people listening, if you watched that national championship game last year, made a picturesque touchdown catch in the fourth quarter. That mm-hmm. uh, that was huge in Georgia winning that game. Um, and AD's not been able to play. They've had to have other guys step up. And it's been one of those situations, I think, if you're a Georgia fan, you should feel good in the fact that they have had other guys step up. I mean, Marcus Rosemi Jack Saint has been a guy that hasn't made a ton of plays. I mean, he played. He made a catch on Saturday against Tennessee with a – he went up uh, for a really high pass in the end zone, got both feet down. I mean, it would have been good on Sunday. Um, you know, they've had guys step up. Kenny McIntosh, the lead running back, has got good wiggle. I think he's done a good job. And they've had Dejon Edwards, another running back, really break out as well. Um, they have done a good job of spreading the love and, and getting different guys involved. And uh, sort of to the point we started with this question, you have those tight ends, and you know if you're in a really, really tight situation, you can rely on those guys. Um, but it's not just about those guys. And uh, I think that's what puts Georgia in a very good position as we come down the stretch of the season. I don't know that Mississippi State's good enough to take advantage, but it feels like after a game like Saturday that Georgia would be in, in due for some sort of emotional letdown, playing at home with, against the, uh, the top-ranked team uh, to, to really dominate that game the way they did. Do you feel like Georgia, they have enough leadership and stability to just sort of power through that and not have a letdown, or is it possible they could come to Starkville? You know, Looking ahead is the wrong word because there's still a few weeks of the season before the SEC championship game, but maybe not fully focused on Mississippi State? I think it's possible. I mean, and this is a game that I think a lot of Georgia fans before the season circled as a potential upset game, potential trap game, um, having Tennessee, having Kentucky the next week. And uh, this was the game before the season that I said was probably Georgia's biggest upset alert, you know, the biggest potential for Georgia to lose just because of when it falls in the season. Now, granted, Part of why I thought that before the year was just knowing where it would come in the season and you don't know what injuries are going to look like and you don't know who you're playing without. Um, On the whole, Georgia has done a pretty good job. Besides really A.D. Mitchell, and they've had a few other guys banged up, but um, A.D. Mitchell and outside linebacker Nolan Smith are really the only guys that wouldn't uh, likely be playing. We know Nolan Smith's out, and I would say um, A.D. Mitchell probably wouldn't be able to play on Saturday against Mississippi State. Um, but uh, I, I do think that there's the potential for that. Uh, I'm not expecting that to happen, but the fact this is on the road, we know how loud it can get in there. Um, we know that uh, Mississippi State's dangerous. You know, I, I covered Auburn last year, so I've seen uh, firsthand what that Mississippi State offense can do, even if it's behind. And, you know, I think that Georgia's secondary is really riding high after the way they shut down Tennessee last week. We talked to Keeley Ringo yesterday, who had the interception against Hendon Hooker in the second quarter. That was essentially the game clincher. I mean, there was still a lot of game left to be played, but you just sort of had the sense at that point uh, that Georgia's defense was going to keep Tennessee in check. So they're going to have to rise to the occasion because we know that Mississippi State's going to uh, throw the ball a lot. They're, those guys are going to be tested and they got to be patient. And, uh, if they're kind of riding high after that win against Tennessee, they may be in for a rude awakening on the road on Saturday night. The last time these two teams got together was in the COVID season in 2020, and that was such an odd game. State went to Georgia with 43 players total, I think. It was Will Rogers' second career start against a top-10 Georgia team. And, and you just think, you know, on the surface, okay, they're going to get blasted today. And instead, they were in the game into the fourth quarter. They end up losing by seven. Rogers had a, a good deal of success in that game. So I think that that still is on people's minds here in Starkville. So when you look at this particular Georgia team and and this Mississippi State team, you know, how does Mississippi State attack Georgia successfully? 
Well, I think the key is trying to find weaknesses in the defense. And, I mean, the thing that Kirby harped on on Monday when we talked to him was just sure tackling, not allowing uh, broken tackles. And I think that Georgia is coming off a game where it did a very good job of preventing that with Tennessee. Um, you know, there, there were questions to Kirby if the offenses compare between what Mike Leach runs and what Josh Heupel runs. He said not really, but, you know, I think there are aspects of as far as spacing and receivers out in space and things like that um, that are, are going to carry over. And, and, again, the onus, in my opinion, is on these defensive backs to show up and show out. And, you know, they've done a very good job this year. I mean, I think one of the guys that has probably impressed the most has been true freshman Malachi Starks. I mean, he was a five-star and a big get for Georgia, but he gets popped in as a starter in game two, and you're sort of thinking, okay, how exactly is this going to go? And he's played outstanding, and he's coming off a game where he had 10 tackles, which led the team last week against Tennessee. To me, Mississippi State's best bet is to try to really uh, test Georgia as far as tackling out in space. Can they continue to be consistent tacklers? I haven't seen anything that makes me think Georgia can't do that, um, but to me, that is going to be the way Mississippi State can hang around. Um, I compared this offense. I said it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Um, you can keep doing that. And if you break a tackle or, or get a guy not in position, I mean, it can turn into seven points. And with the way that offense moves and, and what the potential is, with especially with a guy like Will Rogers who has been around and ha- played so much football at this point, um, it can turn into a really exciting game. One thing we always do on our Friday preview preview show when we preview the game is we, we come up with the X factor, a player who we – not necessarily the offensive or defensive player of the game, just somebody who could make a big play in the game that, that has an impact. Who is that guy for Georgia this week? I think the guy that I'm really interested in seeing is going to be Jamon Dumas-Johnson. He's one of the inside linebackers. He's a guy that has played really well throughout the year. Um, but kind of had a so-so showing against Tennessee. He got banged up at one point. He wound up coming back in. Uh, I think he's a guy that uh, is going to be a big leader on the defense the end of this season. Uh, Just the fact that Nolan Smith, who I mentioned earlier, he is not playing. He tore his peck against Florida, um, so he's had surgery. And still on the sideline, but Nolan Smith was looked at as a leader of this defense. Mm -hmm. And him not being there, you know, he's still on the sideline. He's still coaching guys up, but – you need guys out there on the field that can get guys in position, can, um, you know, if the game's tight, get guys fired up, get them uh, ready to make plays. And I think that's Jamon Dumas-Johnson. If this winds up being a game uh, that comes down to the wire where Georgia really needs some plays on defense and needs guys to step up, um, again, I've talked a lot about the secondary, but very intrigued to see what Jamon Dumas-Johnson is able to do and uh, what he's able to bring in the middle uh, level of the defense. We'll see what happens Saturday night over here in Starkville as Georgia makes their first trip to Davis-Wade Stadium since 2010. Jordan Hill, Dogs 24-7, man. Appreciate your time today. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoyed it. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.